Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. My name is Moss, I use ze, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. Okay. Last week, our intrepid adventurers went to a puppet show. (laughs) Heckled a puppet show. Rill went on a lovely date with the puppeteer. Judas. Oh, yeah. Went on a lovely date. You made plans to get your next mission from the Couriers Guild, which is to go to the drow city of Kemadosh on the ragged coast, which will take you about a week to get there and about another week to come back. So this is a longer mission. You made preparations to leave. Some of you made sacrifices at the temple. Some of you went to visit your date. (laughs) Which I don't think the rest of the party are aware of. I think as far as the rest of the party know, Rill just went off on his own for a couple of hours. I mean, he probably went to the temple or something. No, we we had some hot goss back at the Courier Guild. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the rest of the party have guessed where Rill went. Uh, Rill has now finished visiting his friend. You've made your sacrifices, and I believe you are heading out on the road west. No, yes, west. Sorry, I don't know left from right. Heading out on the road west, following the river and up into the mountains, where you will take the pass that I have again forgotten the name of, because I'm just real bad at this, guys. I think we were taking the Blue Saddle. Um... Yeah. Yes, you were taking the Blue Saddle Pass and not um, the Granite Road. Right. Which is the one that goes south. And I have provided the players, finally, with something of a more local map so they can see roughly where the roads and rivers are. Rivers and roads. It, it's great. It's like a half-empty map. Contains only what has so far been defined. It is better than no map. But the, the weather is fair. It's about lunchtime as you're well. Yeah, probably about lunchtime as you're heading out of the city. And um, the road is before you. Is there anything, any conversations you'd like to have, any detours you'd like to make, or are you just heading straight for the coast? Oh, I absolutely want to uh, heckle Rill about about the lovely, obvious date that he had. So... How was it? It was fine, thank you. Uh Come on, that's not all we're getting out of you. (laughs) Real uh, adjusts his veil and scrambles to think of something to say that isn't, well, I can answer Tiptikari's question about the nipples now. And... (laughs) (laughs) It was fine. Why don't you go bother Tepsikori? 
Oh, you're no Who fun. Who also had a date. Yeah, but, I mean, Tepsikri is the type to have dates. And I'm not. Well, we didn't have, we didn't have that. No, never mind. And all they're saying is your charisma score is lower. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to uh, kind of dejectedly stop off. You continue in awkward silence for some time. Around evening of the first day, you will pass what used to be Yana's hut. Mm-hmm. And is now a fairly depressing burnt shell. Did we ever ask about the person that we were going to ask about? Ask Yana about the person? Yeah. I think we did when we found her and we were like coming back. But I... I don't think she knew anything. Okay. Sorry. No, because we were all, because we had the blanket, and then we sort of figured out that they were probably a half-elf. But I I don't think she knew anything. I thought there was a named person. Oh, oh. Uh. Weren't wasn't there like some discussion about asking Giannis if uh, Liz's character had passed back through? Because oh uh, shoot, yeah, yeah. Did we do that? I don't think we did. Um, I I don't think you did. Sort of in text, but yeah, we glossed over enough in, in terms of your dropping her off and things. I'm happy for you to retrospectively have asked Yana. Yeah, that seems reasonable that. because like. We are missing a fern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the answer is that fern did drop by. Um, she was about six hours ahead of you. She didn't wait for the militia. She kind of went off hunting on her own and oh. didn't come back before the pitchfork mob appeared. So Yana doesn't know where exactly she, she went, um, but she did see fern, and fern was on the trail of werewolves and werewolf-adjacent persons. At the time. Mysteriously vanishing off screen. The face of every player character whose player leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to turn into, an, into a, a, you know, I didn't want to run her as an NPC like three weeks later. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Maybe in a few levels, but right now it's a little. She needs time to develop so that when I play her wrong, it's character development rather than a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> So snapping us back to the present, um, I feel like Tupsikri does have an important question to ask, mm-hmm. which is, can you all think of a good rhyme for grouse? Louse. House. Is there like a duel that's like, that rhymes with grouse? A duel? A duel, like a gemstone. Oh, a jewel. I might have to rework this rhyme. What's a grouse? A grouse? It's a kind of bird, isn't it? It's a when you have moorland, people go and hunt them. Do you know what a grouse is? You've not seen a grouse. Hey Ben, a grouse a thing. <laughs> grouse are real. Grouse are real. <laughs> uh, do we see any like as we pass by Yana's hut? Do we see anything mm-hmm. that like any anybody like picking through the remains of it or? Anything like that? 
not not obviously from the road. It doesn't look like there's anyone currently there. If you want to go and actually you know, take a closer look, you could do that. No, just looking from the road. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's being actively scavenged. But she didn't have a lot of wealth to scavenge. Right. So on the on the assumption that you you know make camp in sensible ways, mm -hmm. um, evening of the second day you'll reach the uh, the border post that you pass through on your way to Hyderal, same place. They don't seem surprised to see the postman again. It's just this is a thing that happens. Is Hyderal like a sovereignty? So it's not part of Brunelland, which is where you currently are. Yeah. It used to be a dwarven hold. So there was the fortress itself and some of the land around it belonged to Hyderal, but now that power is no longer powerful or present. So instead yeah. you have semi-unclaimed land. Right. It's if it belongs to anyone, it belongs to the ragged coast. But no one's really running the place on this side of the mountains. There's just Brunelland kind of ends for political reasons. It has not expanded into that territory. Yeah. And it's it's still inhabited uh, because it's still good logging country. You can hunt in it. There's But it's all autonomous settlements. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a bit wilderness. Um once you get through the mountains, you will be in the jagged coast proper, and that does have more government organization yeah but for now you can spend the night and then take the bridge across the river mm. up towards the blue saddle pass sounds good uh we do that yeah mm -hmm. yeah this is probably going to take you another day um as previously discussed the map is um not Cartographically perfect. Distances on the map may not be reflected by distances you travel because it's drawn by an amateur. Yeah, so what you're saying is it's a medieval map. It's a medieval map. It's it's <laughs> conceptual rather than mathematical. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it will, it will take you about another day to get through the pass and um down towards the coast on the other side. Cool. Uh, as this is uncharted territory. I would like somebody to be out in front and keeping an eye on things and roll me a perception check. What kind of territory are we in, Ben? You are in a forest that is moving up higher into the mountains. So you are in a, a conifer forest. I will be front-ish, but I should not be the front because I'm shit at perception. Um, I can be the front. Cool. Just like a regular, regular perception check, please. 19. Mm, pretty good. You can see this is pretty well travelled as roads go. Um, it's not had much formal upkeep in the last several decades. Uh, but at one time, it was a properly laid road with drainage gutters. And it looks like it's been in use regularly. So it's, it's not become overgrown. It's, it's a pretty good road. The trees are starting to, to overhang it a bit. 
Um, you're hearing the usual forest noises. Um, you, you, there are definitely wolves somewhere off in the distance, but they don't seem to come close. You don't pass many people. Uh, you do pass one caravan of people coming back towards Brunnerland with just carts upon carts of cut logs. But they've been cut as long as they possibly could be. Like These are the trunks of trees that have been split down and kept as long as possible. That's driven by six or eight humans who are just quietly carting along, minding their own business, wave to you as you go past. They don't look threatening. Um, and you start to rise up from the foothills of the mountains into the mountains proper. And you can see that this is going to be one of the best routes across the mountains for miles in any direction. Uh, there is a natural dip between two mountain peaks that means you won't have to climb over the worst of, of things. I mean, it's even given the time of year, there's a lot of snow on the peaks. Even the past, you climb slightly out of the tree line to the, at, the, at the highest point. Uh, and as you are passing through this rockier bit of country, a couple of ragged-looking individuals in slightly battered-looking armour pop up from among the boulders and pull a rope tight between them. And say, you have to pay the toll. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what is the toll? They glance at each other. <laughs> and back at you. With a somewhat calculating look. And say, it's, it's 15 gold. Mm. Do, does everyone have 15 gold? We all have 15 gold among us. Um, can I roll my famous sense motive check? <laughs> you, you may. It's called insight nowadays. Oh, God. Listen. listen. But you actually have to roll it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I might not have to. I might not need to. Um... These characters look suspicious as heck. Hmm. I think they might not be collecting this toll to pay for the upkeep of the pass. I would like to try to roll an intimidation check. Ooh. Okay. Um, what are you? What are you doing to intimidate them? Are you just? I am bulky. I push myself in front of Alusha mm -hmm. and yes, look bulky and uh, sort of put one hand on my shoulder, not not on the handle of my battle axe that's, you know, strapped to my back, but, like, where it would be close to mm -hmm. uh, the handle. And the other hand is on my hip, and I just... I don't think that this is an official toll-taking place. I think... <laughs> y Ember is intimidating and Ember is strong, but Ember is not smart. <laughs> Would Ember um, like to roll me an intimidation check, please? Yes, yes. And that is a 19. No, sorry, that is a dirty 20. One of them drops their end of the rope and takes half a step back 
and the other one kind of glares at them because this doesn't work if they drop their end of the rope and looks back at you and feels for the sword on their hip and looks very they're doing mental calculations and says you still got to pay it look pal there's more of us than there are of you how do you know you know that's a fair point but i could take at least four of you <laughs> the one who dropped the rope is kind of Drop it. Just, just leave it. Which is clearly audible to all of you as much as it is to their counterpart. They are not sneaky. And, and the one who is, has not backed down is realising that they had, they're not going to get any backup from their friend here. Oh, fine. And they'd start coiling the rope back up and climbing back up into the boulders with it. They call over their shoulder. You're probably penniless anyway. That's for me to know and you not to find out. Hey, Ben. Uh-huh. How close is that second guy? Within 60 feet, would you say? Sure. Definitely within 60 feet, yeah. Hey, you. Give me that rope, and I'm going to cast command on him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you roll that, or does he? Uh, <laughs> Uh, he has to succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Okay. He rolled a natural 20. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> that is a one-word command. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, I should have used a different spell. It's all right. He, he, he has resisted it very effectively. He turns and glares at you and says, Get your own rope. <laughs> Stingy. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's heading off as he's trying not to look like he's retreating, but he is also trying to retreat fairly quickly in case you decide to chase him. Yeah, I I'm happy to just march right along. Yeah, they do not follow you. It appears that this is a very simple fake toll operation, and they're not really interested in in mugging anyone. I mean, really, are not all tolls simply an act of banditry? Some of them have more organisation behind them. Yeah, that's fair. This this did not have a high amount of organisation behind it. Fair. They're just legal banditry. <laughs> I mean, there's no particular authority in this area, so really they're just acting as autonomous individuals. <laughs> yeah, they are as much in charge as anyone else. Fair enough. Which is not very. But having failed to extract their toll, they, they do not appear eager to harass you any further. And they let you go on your way. And the, the road quickly starts heading downhill again, um, much steeper than it came up. And as the road turns a corner, you can see the glittering line of the sea not far from you. Maybe another six miles. Oh, like, I absolutely light up when I see the sea. I'm pleased as punch. It's it's a fairly wild sea. It's uh, it's mostly grey. Let's let's be accurate here. It's, it's grey sea. There are some islands visible on the horizon. Mm. If you look off to your right, you can see. You know how 
the sky and the sea at the horizon make a line? Mm -hmm. If you look off to the right, that line gets closer. Huh. Huh. How about that? I've probably seen this before. I can't imagine there's anywhere else that I've been off sailing. Um, yeah, I mean, you've travelled you've, you've about a bit. You probably have seen this effect previously. Mm. It's still neat. And following your map, you stick on the road. There are more on this side of, of the mountains. There are more little roads and cart tracks and paths. You pass a roadside inn um, about five miles out from, from where the road will meet the sea, um, which looks like it does a reasonable amount of business. The road is not as nicely laid as it was on what used to be the dwarven side of the mountains, but it's definitely more of a road and the undergrowth has been trimmed back from the edge of the road to provide less concealment for wrongdoers. Mm. Uh, but the, the main road is very easy to follow and you just it just wends its way down out of the mountains towards what is the nearest harbour, which you will reach in late afternoon. Enter the harbour town of Bridal. Looks like there's a market on. What are they selling? Oh, all sorts of things. Uh, this is of the everyone set up a stall and attract what customers you can kind of market. Uh. So there's various people selling fish or shellfish or salt. There's a place selling rope. There's a stall selling secondhand clothing, things like that. There's a very small stall that is selling honey in little glass jars. And a slightly larger one that is selling an odd combination of barrels of tar, smallish barrels of pine tar, and bottles of some kind of wine. Huh. I, the other side of the stall. One is tar, one is wine. Hmm. With a, a weather-beaten old lady behind it. Are we taking a small travel break to investigate the stalls? Yes. Sure, I'll poke around the market. I'd like to walk up to the stall that is selling wine and tar. <laughs> and uh, well, that's, a, that's a mighty interesting combination of wares here. The lady behind the stall, who is getting elderly, uh, she straightens up on her stall and says, just things you can make in the forest. She pats the nearest barrel of, of tar and says, that comes from the pine trees. Puts a hand on the, on the wine and says, and this one's from the birch. What can I interest you in? I would love to buy a bottle of birch wine. Certainly. There will be a brief pause while I look up the cost of wine. Okay. I will cut this from the episode in an attempt to save my blushes. Anyway, um, she will say it's two, it's two silver a bottle. We'll take any coin. And I hand her two silver. You, you receive a bottle. It's a slightly greenish glass, but the liquid inside appears to be perfectly clear. Lovely. And she takes your coin and she passes it down 
and a little hand reaches up and takes it from her and there's a noise of plinking as someone someone underneath that counter is counting money. Adorable. Ben, what can tar be used for? Um, yeah, you would know this because you're from an, an island. Um, it's used to make the boats waterproof. Oh, okay. Um, well, we don't have a boat, so... Yeah, this is, this is boat maintenance material. Mm-hmm. Also, it can be used as a flavouring if you're that way inclined. Blah. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 essentially heavily cooked down pine wood. Yeah, I don't know if Alusha would be down for that. If she, like if she knows that it's if that that tar is used to make boats smooth, like yeah, it's used to make boats waterproof and also as chewing gum. It's it's a whole thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, hell yes, I will. Uh, Tabzikri is getting some of that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds okay. like good flavoring to me. That sounds like good seasoning as far as cigarettes. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, the, the lady behind the stall looks at you and says, "And what can I do for you?" Uh, I'll take a, I'll take a bit of the pine, I'll take a bit of the pine tar, I suppose. Kind of blinks at you because you don't look like a sailor, and says, "Well, it's it's three gold a barrel." These are like foot high barrels full of tar. I kind of like here's the right teeth. I'm like, any chance you can give me a smaller amount? And she blinks for a minute and says, "Sure. What do you need it for?" Um, yeah. What do people actually use it as? Like chewing gum? Yes, they actually do. Oh yeah, it's a Finnish thing. Sweet, fantastic. Um, of course. Um. I kind of like. I kind of give her. A, I kind of give her an equally like nonplussed like look, and I'm like, "Or just to chew on." Oh right, sorry, I'm with you. But mostly we get sailors after this lot. And she looks down and says, "Jem, could you get me some of the chewing stuff?" And there is fairly promptly passed up a little paper, wax paper twist, <laughs> containing a slightly softer grade of tar. And it looks like there's probably a dozen pieces rolled up in this. I'll take a few of them, sure. Uh, it's uh, a silver for the roll. Sure, I'll, I'll take a couple of rolls. Okay. They are oh. it, look, it looks like the person under the counter is probably a halfling, just based on the size of the hands. You're not sure. Excellent, excellent. Um... You, you are duly provided with your chewing tar. Hell yes. Um, which you will discover tastes intensely of pine and smoke. That's perfect. I am very content. I imagine this is a thing that I have done before. <laughs> Rather than just spontaneously deciding that I wanted to eat. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I am assuming also that you are aware that char is a thing that can be chewed. Rather than just being like, hmm, an unfamiliar substance. I would like to gnaw on it. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'd eat. <laughs> <laughs> it is something of an acquired taste so if anyone else tries the chewing tar you may or may not like it that's entirely up to you there are, there are other, also food sellers in the market if you would like those um, 
it is getting towards evening, so if you wanted to stop for the night, there are probably inns in town, or you can save the money and just find yourself somewhere semi-sheltered to sleep. I mean, this is this market itself. Once everyone packs up and goes away, they're probably going to leave most of the awnings in place, so it wouldn't be a bad place to just catch up for the night if you wanted to. I mean, other people can do that, but um, I'm here by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is one of your skills, yes. It is one of my skills. I will um I'll happily give a performance in exchange for, to be clear, my room and board. <laughs> it doesn't let you fry for the party. Yeah, it doesn't they're impressed and pleased, but not that impressed and pleased. <laughs> I do some I do whatever smoke tricks I can do without my equipment. You get the impression that a lot of people pass through here and therefore a lot of minstrel and bardi types do this kind of thing. And the locals are not expecting polished performances. They're just always pleased to have a new performer and see who's in town this week. And, and they are they are pleased to see you and, and, and you do some fun things with the fire that they're not necessarily expecting. It, moves excitingly they're pleased i will absolutely um i'll absolutely be uh, workshopping my new material on them <laughs> some stuff adapted from our adventures you get suggestions of rhymes for slug oh, fantastic i write them all down in my name <laughs> <laughs> hey ben can i have some of those rhymes for slug actually can i just have them so i can write them down right now jug <laughs> bug <Hug>. thug <laughs> Thank you. This is quality work. <laughs> this is how D&D is meant to be played. I listened to that D&D show you recommended. Yeah, there was a bit where they just listed rhymes for slug. <laughs> <laughs> um, before the market stuff closes down, I would also like to go around and get some of that honey and salt and if there's any, like, cooking spices and whatnot to... Make sure. things more palatable on the road. Um, you find another place selling chewing tar, but that one is selling other woodsy things. So it's, they're selling that. They're also selling uh, dried pine resin, which is more of a a cooking spice. They're selling nuts and pine seeds. Uh, it's too early in the year for there to really be any fruit. Um, you can get a jar of honey. That's easy. Um, spices. This is actually on a spice route. So it's on an import route for spice. So it's surprisingly easy for what otherwise looks like a, a sort of rough fishing town to find fancy spices. But because they are all imported, they are all quite expensive. Okay. But you can get cinnamon, you can get cloves, you can Definitely. get black pepper. Yeah. How, how expensive is expensive? Um, like, is anybody selling like those fancy like sampler sets where you get like a small amount of each of the spices? I I don't think they are. Uh, the, they are selling the the cheaper. And there are, there are, sorry, there's sort of a split. There's one place that is selling individually 
for really fine, fancy spices for high prices that are almost certainly they are marketing at travellers and people passing through rather than the locals. Mm-hmm. And there's a place that seems to be getting more custom, which along with the spices is selling a lot of dried herbs and sort of things that you could brew up into possibly medicinal teas. And that place is getting more custom from the locals and the spices are definitely lower quality. They're a lot dustier. And maybe not quite as legitimately brought in. (laughs) That Uh, is where Ember is drawn to. (laughs) They would love to sell you little glass jars or little paper twists containing various spices and you can get yourself a little selection for let's say you can get a selection of of five or six different spices for three gold okay i will do that a jar of honey will set you back two silver okay no problem Uh, and then you mentioned there was salt also the salt is it's clearly sea salt. Um, that, again, is being sold mainly in barrels for preserving fish. Oh. Um, okay. But the spice place will happily sell you a more human-suitable amount of salt and throw that in with your expensive spices because salt is cheap. Okay, cool. Done, done shopping. You I can have done. the fanciest dinners. Yes. Well, and so is everyone else because I'm going to cook for them. Aww. Yay. Alusha would recognize a lot of these spices. Um, the cinnamon and the cloves, particularly, those are, amongst other places, those are grown um, on your home island. It's not the only source for them, but they, they are grown at home. I think, out of a, a sense of a little bit of nostalgia and uh, I think missing her family, um, she probably get some of those spices okay if you just get a couple that would be one gold okie doke yeah um, as, as Mel points out basically green herbs are much cheaper um, although we're no longer alpine because we've come across the mountains and now we are in more low lying country we are now transalpine but we are apparently like a day's walk out from a mountain so like... yeah we know you're, you're on the other side of the um, the rain shadow so that changes the uh, true. Yeah, I imagine but, like the green herbs, Ember would be more inclined to forage for. Um, yeah, and also they're much more familiar to you. You know, yeah. you've you've seen and cooked with those there. a lot. Whereas allspice berries, those are exciting. Yeah, I love that there's a spice called allspice. I also like <laughs> allspice, but I love that it's called allspice. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Am I the only person who's actually taking lodgings? Because I will absolutely leave you all sleeping outside. <laughs> no, Rail's also going to rent a, a room. If if we can get a big room that all of us can stay in, that's that's cool. It's easier to get a big room than it is to get private ones, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Let's just get a big room. I'll chip in for... Yeah. Although, the one you get does only come with two beds, so you're either going to have to share or sleep on the floor. Ember has no qualms with snuggling up. If Sure, I'm indifferent. Elusha is perhaps a little bit touch-starved, so she's perhaps a little bit... <laughs> Aww. Aww. 
a little bit overly excited at the prospect. It's definitely <laughs> warmer to share as well, because this is not a particularly well-heated inn. Mm. Like the, the owner doesn't even kind of question it. He just kind of assumes that this is a normal thing that people will do, is share the mattress. Why wouldn't you? You all get your own blankets. What's the problem? That works for me. Cool. Fan fiction writers just working feverishly. <laughs> it's no fun when we told them it's true. This is the thing. Well, yeah. they better work feverishly. I want content. I, I, I want details of Rill's morning. That's what I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which canonically was spent in fan fictional type ways. Yes, it was. He he was he was frantically carting his hands through his hair, trying to make it look like he didn't have sex hair. He's not sure how well it was. Just so glad he's got a mail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would probably be like extremely aware of not wanting to touch anybody, but then he wakes up and he's like limping around like whoever is closest in the morning. Aww. <laughs> it's adorable. That's really cute. And in the morning, you, as you come down to the tap room and probably to get your breakfast, you notice that there's like carvings of turtles just everywhere. Like the place is called the Turtle, but also it's all over the decor. There's like little turtles in a freeze around near the ceiling. There's Turtles on the tiles. There's a whole turtle theme. Sometimes fish, like, mainly turtles. Can I are we are it? we going down a staircase from the the Sure. And and are there turtles along the staircase? Mm-hmm. So there are turtles all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. Can I make a religion check? You can make a religion check. Do you think they worship the turtles? I don't think they worship the turtles. I think it might be. Um, I think it might be the. I have a feeling that the turtle might could be like you know, uh, you know, like Minerva's owl, like. Um, oh right, right, like a, a similar a thing. Seven. What's religion based on? That isn't eighteen. The turtle. It has been used as a religious symbol for the old sea god. Um, these carvings, at least some of them look newer than that. Mm. More often, there are ridiculous legends uh, in this part of the world about the world being balanced on a turtle. Ah. Uh, good. Who was the turtle on? Would you like to ask someone that? I would not like to ask someone that, because <laughs> it's probably old news to Uh The turtle swims. Uh, through the void. Oh, oh, that makes sense. So it's not on the back of four elephants. It is not on the back of four elephants. The world is not on four <laughs> elephants or on a turtle. The world is just on a turtle. It's it's not so much that the world is balanced on the turtle as that the world itself is the back is, shell is of the turtle. a turtle, or maybe You're it's being pulled turtle. by a turtle. You've heard various versions of this story. <laughs> Around, anywhere around here I can buy a turtle tchotchke. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. While we do our very important, like, buying trinkets phase. <laughs> While you are buying trinkets in the market, along with your various things, you could absolutely have bought a little carved turtle pendant. There's actually a, a whole line of little wooden pendants and shell pendants. Excellent, excellent. 
the shell ones are quite popular because you know you can get a bit of beach shell and then put little legs and a head in it. Uh, and the turtle think... shell is a shell. <laughs> now I've got I've got I've got a pendant already. I'll just get a little um a little carving or something. Can Our sit- characters are going tchotchke shopping on a work vacation because we can't. <laughs> because you can't. Yeah, you can get you can get a little wooden one. You can get a little wooden one with like a rock set into the belly to turn it into a paperweight. One of them's wearing a little bridle. Oh, <laughs> I'll buy one of the little paperweight ones. All right, you have a little paperweight turtle which is wearing a bridle, which you bought in bridle. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Add custom equipment. Turtle. <laughs> uh, the lady who sells it to you tells you that it will bring you luck. Oh, that's honey. You could always use a bit of luck. Yeah, everyone needs a bit of luck, especially, you know, on the sea. And she wags her finger at you and says, as long as you don't go sailing off to try and see it. Wait, no. Oh, to see the turtle, not to see the sea. Because if you're sailing off to see the sea... No, to see the turtle. I get you now. It it will not help you if you decide to sail off to try and see the turtle. Ah, very important distinction. Well, I mean, I didn't have any intentions of hurling myself into the void. Rocks, Not today, anyway. Well, that's why they call it bridal, you know. Sorry? Well, that's, that's why they call it bridal, you know. Oh, what do you mean? Well, obviously the turtle's attached. Ah, right. Right, right, gotcha. And this is the closest place to where it's attached. Ah. You can see the chains if you go up and look. Ooh. Really? Ooh. Mm. Seen it myself. Ah, uh, how far out's that? Ooh. It's a good old walk. Take you all day to go up there and come back, I think. Yeah. Rill is going to excitedly spread out their map on the counter and, like, carefully not knocking any of the little turtles <laughs> off. Could you point yeah, it out? Yeah, you end up with, like, little turtles balanced on your map to hold it flat. <laughs> she shows you a spot that is kind of right at the point where the land and the sea and the horizon meet. It says it's just there. Anchor point, it's called. Anchor point. There's not much to see up there. Some fishing sheds, but the chains are fun. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think, gang? Should we check it out? I mean, we were several days ahead of schedule on our last run. Yeah, it's only... Yeah, let's go. How often yeah. are we going to have the opportunity to see the chains attaching the turtle to the world? I mean, in fairness, if we're operating out of Eisenberg, probably fairly often. Oh, yeah, I suppose that's a good point. But well, this is our first still. trip in the area. It's yeah, special. it's not going to be as exciting if we do it on the way back. Fantastic. To anchor point. Anything else we need to do before headed that way? You didn't really need much, did you, Ben? Just needs to tell us there was a cool chain that held the turtle on. That, that's all I wanted. That, that, I'm glad that didn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would go see it. 
I would go see it. I will. Yeah, go if somebody see it. told. Listen, I just go see if somebody was like, "Hey, there's giant chains you can go look at." I'll be like, "Yeah, I, I go." <laughs> <do that." laughs> I went to Land's End, and that's only the end of one island. It's true. I've also been to Land's End for similar reasons. <laughs> And also, See, it's like, an island that is arrogant enough to name it Land's End, despite <laughs> Ireland being like right there. Did you buy a? Um, did you buy a little bit of serpentine? No, I I bought a hematite like necklace. Uh, that's not that's not as fitting because they're not because they're not hematite glyphs. Well, no, but I was like fourteen, and it was a cool necklace. Yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> Anyway, should we go see this? <laughs> this is entirely irrelevant. Yeah, you you could absolutely take a little side trek. You are now walking along the coast, so you get to watch the sea, the tides, like going out, coming back in as you walk. Well, mostly going out because you're only walking for about four hours. It's all very gloomy and dramatic. It's all dark rock and shingle beach and grey sea. Nice brisk wind. Also. A lot of seabirds. <laughs> like a lot of seabirds. Like you're really kind of startled by how many birds there are right now. Uh, and then you look out over the sea and a few hundred meters offshore, there is this outcropping of rock that is just covered in seabird bodies. And you realize that they're nesting there. And it's probably very good for you that you are not trying to sail any closer to that rock. Rill is extremely unnerved by just the massive amount of birds everywhere. He's not quite used to, you know, above ground animals yet, and just the massive amount of them is kind of unnerving. And also, just the ocean being there. Yeah, and it, it's really a lot of water, and it's yeah, really a lot of birds. He is definitely walking like the furthest away from that whole thing that he can get while still being with the party. By that whole thing, do you mean the sea? Yeah, just like on the furthest part of the road, like away from the sea. It's only a difference of like two feet, but it, it makes him feel a little safer. I'm really just eyeing the, eyeing the rock and like part of me, and I'm just like looking at it like, oh, I could just go for eggs for breakfast though. Uh, if we have to find a swarm of birds because you wanted eggs. I mean... I mean... Is it... Is is the rock swimmable distance? Oh, it is for me. <laughs> Show off? No, that is actually the answer. The answer is... Without... A, you know, at least a flotation device, most of you are probably not going to want to swim out that far. Um, but Terp Sticker, you can do all to self and... Definitely thought you said flirtation device. Sorry? <laughs> I definitely thought you said flirtation device. Oh, no, 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 that was actually at Ben. Sorry, I, um, I said flotation device, and I said Terp could use all to self and be better at swimming and could get out to the rock. It would be, it's still a fair swim. It's still, you know, three or four hundred metres. Probably not worth it to fight birds for their eggs. Like, yeah, you would have to fight them. They don't look like they're tame chickens who will let you take their eggs. Mm. They are angry gannets. Or at least they will be angry if you try to climb up on their rock. <laughs> at the moment, they're just loud. 
Alusha is totally nonplussed, completely relaxed. She, this is, this was her life growing up. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, uh, the only thing Alusha is noticing is that this is like gray black shingle instead of nice sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. oh. I was gonna say that Ember was, you know, barefoot, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunately it's not it's not a nice sandy beach. It's a a shingle beach. You can walk on it barefoot. It's, you know, mostly rounded pebbles because they've been flung about by the ocean. Um, but you probably wouldn't want to walk for miles and miles on it. It's more of a, if you would decide to go paddling, you can walk on it barefoot. Yeah. All right. Uh, the path that you're taking stays pretty close to the sea all the way along and is narrow. This isn't a road. This is a path that people and probably horses walk along that has therefore worn down through the grass. But it, it's not far above the beach, and it just kind of gently wends its way north. And you are on a lovely morning walk, getting mildly sun and windburned. Until about noon, one in the afternoon. The horizon stops feeling like it's getting closer. And instead you start seeing this faint dark smudge between the sea or the land and the sky as you're moving towards it. And it looks like a little a little line of nighttime at the edge of the world. It's not like a hard wall. It's just that everything kind of carries on into the darkness. As you get closer to it, that line expands up until it is. It's hard to to say where the top is. It's not looking like a wall. It's just that beyond a certain point, you would be walking forward into shadow and the shadows get deeper and become twilight and become complete darkness. The land carries on, but the world stops. And as pointed out on your map, at around the point where the sea and the land and the edge all connect, you find a shallow notch that has been carved down into the rocks above the beach. It's sort of semicircular, and it's providing an anchorage for four huge chains. These things are three or four feet across each chain. Whoa. One of them has at some point come loose where the sea has eaten away at the rock and has just fallen down and is hanging loose heavily on the rocks and in the ocean. The other three are still connected by the biggest bolts you've seen in your life drilled down into the rock by what must be meters to hold it fixed. And the chains are hanging taut. They stretch out over the waves and off into the darkness. Hmm. How about that? I wonder what happened with the broken chain. 
I mean, it looks like the waves just ate at it. Sure, but that one, I mean, it's not even in the waves. Look at it. Hmm. You don't suppose the, uh, the turtle of the world has predators? Gosh. I don't want to think about that. Can you imagine? <laughs> what if, what if there are other turtles? What if there are other worlds? There are, there could be infinite possibilities. Wait, do you just mean the planes? I mean, yes, but no. I don't know. Like, I know that the planes exist, but like, this is, this feels different. I don't know. Maybe it's stupid. I, I'm not a, a thinker. And... No, but you did say you used to own a forge, right? Oh, yeah. Do those look like they could be fixed? Real gestures to the gigantic broken chain. Do they look like they could be fixed? They were clearly made in a much bigger set of equipment than you've ever seen. Fundamentally, the broken link is probably uh, beyond saving because it's just snapped um, through just years of being worn away and rust and maybe something else. Um, but a new link could be forged. Um, the challenge would be bringing an unfinished link out here, hooking it to the incredibly heavy chain and the anchor, and then closing it to do the weld because heating up enough metal to make it flexible enough to close the link. That's what would be the challenge. Conceptually, sure, metal is metal. You could put a new link in. Practically, it would be a Herculean effort, and you would probably need a bunch of magicians to provide you know, the fiery heat to do it, because you probably wouldn't be able to set up a proper forge hanging out over the ocean. Mm -hmm. But in theory, yes, it could be. This looks like metalwork just done on a monumental scale. I mean, so in theory, it could be fixed, but I, I, certainly not by me. So Psychery looks out over the chains and says, This is the great chain that shattered when the merciful dark fell. Wind plays in their hair. Very dramatic. Seagulls cawing. Yeah. Gannets, I thought we'd established. There's more than one kind of bird present? That's fair. <laughs> the nesting ones were gallants, yes. They sound pretty similar. As you are looking out at the, the, you know, the huge chains stretching off through the horizon, you start to notice that in the waves and in amongst the shingle at the base of these chains, quite a lot of bones. You know, just being flung about by the waves down there. Quite a lot of bones. Fish bones? Some of them. Hmm. That's unsettling. Some of them definitely much too big to be 
either fish or the local rabbits and foxes. I mean, some of these are bigger than people bones. Wait, they're on the map. There's a stretch of islands called the Giant's Teeth. Giants! What, you think the giant... Ate, ate them? I don't know, but giants. Yeah, but... Can we see those from... No, I think we're too far away. Yeah, you can't, you can't quite see out as far as, as... As that line of islands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, we're way too far away. Yeah, mostly this was, this was Shay. Talking and... <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, I... <laughs> wasn't sure, like, I knew we could see those other rocks with the birds on them. Yeah, no, that's just because that's the kind of coast you're at. You can't, you, you cannot see as far out as that island chain. Right. You can see some bones down there that look like very humanoid of various sizes. That's unsettling. It's, it's definitely possible if you went down and looked around, you might be able to find some giant bones. Are there bones scattered just sort of all along the beach here? Some of them. I think the only one who's spent enough time near the ocean to pick up on this is probably a Lucia. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the scatter pattern kind of looks like everything has fallen into the ocean in in close to one spot, and then the waves and the tides over time spread them out along the beach. So the highest density is here. And then they've been spread just by the action of the sea but the bones have all fallen into the water or onto the beach from between the chains can alusha um go can she go check things out and do either a perception or an insight check check out how uh Take a look at the bones. Um, that that would be a perception check, but unless you're looking, well, well, no. If you're looking for something specific, actually, that would be an investigation check. But I'd need to know what you were looking for. Giant. What are you trying to learn? <laughs> <laughs> I just want someone to figure out that 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 giants are a thing. But um... <laughs> I mean, Alusha has seen the map. Um, would certainly know about the Giant's Teeth island chain. Yeah. Okay. What kind of check do you want me to do? Um, investigation. Okay. But, I, yeah, if you just want someone to, to figure that out, I don't know as that check would help you. You, you feel free to just know that. <laughs> okay. She's just going to just know that, then, I guess. Yeah. Um, you, you don't need to investigate to remember that those islands exist. Can I then do... Um, just a perception check on the bones. Again, if you're like taking the time to look at something, it's more of an investigation. Okay. But sure, just tell me what, what it is you're trying to figure out so I know what's helpful to tell you, otherwise I'll start listing species. Um what the um what types of creatures uh these bones look like they sure. are, how long they've been around, um yeah, how absolutely. They might have there. Roll that for me. Eighteen. 
Okay, you, you go down to the beach with the chains kind of suspended overhead, which is mildly threatening because you you can't see anything at the other end of the chain. It goes off into the darkness. So they could be floating for all you know. So it's a little scary to walk underneath them. But you, you go down underneath them and you look at the bones. A lot of them have been broken up um, by the waves, a lot of the older ones. Some of them are people bones. You find a couple of skulls or partial skulls and you know, familiar things. Some of them are smaller. You do find a lot of seabird bones. Or, well, you find a lot of bird bones. You think they're probably from the local wildlife. And you find some big ones that don't look like anything you're familiar with. And as you're hunting through, you find some bones that are not bone-coloured. Like they are blackish or they are reddish. They're still the shape and weight of some kind of bone, but not from any creature that you've seen. You find a couple of skulls that do not resemble anything in your experience either. And some chunks of shell that shellfish do not get that big. Okay, so so she scrambles back up um, and just announces, so there's a lot of shit that I don't recognize um, in those remains. Just like, uh, there's, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. Um, definitely some, some human or humanoid remains, um, and other, other types that I, that I can recognize in a, b- a bunch of bird bones, but, uh, there are also some huge ones that I have never seen before, um, and some different colored ones that I didn't know could exist. Uh, so this is a bit of a mystery to me. Tipsikari mentioned the broken chain being having been broken during the wars of the gods. Um, could some of these bones be the Bones of gods? I mean, I guess that is entirely possible. I don't know if gods have bones. That's why I asked it so questioningly. I, I, and I imagine if they did, that somebody would have come to harvest them as reliquaries and whatnot. Well, I mean, we are, by all means, uh, at the edge of the world, right? So uh, maybe people have been afraid to come here? I mean, there are plenty know. of people who live here. Yeah, there's, there's it's not... It's not that scary. It's not active danger, I, I don't guess, out here. Unless you can't swim, maybe. Right. Are there any people around? Like, any locals around? 
Um, not in your immediate vicinity. Uh, you saw some people out fishing, maybe half a mile back. Doesn't look like anyone lives this close to the edge. Okay. Ben, would anyone in our party be able to um, posit posit giants or? Uh... I mean, we have to know what giants are, right? Like, there's a whole. You, you, you all would have heard of giants. The the giants' teeth are on the map. Alusha would know about them. You you don't need to jump through any hoops to think of the idea of giants. I imagine anyone who would have built chains this large would have had to have been a giant, or at least have had I... giants in their company. <laughs> well, still, it would be the giants doing the building. Right. So, uh, I don't know. Ha Do any of the colorful bones look carryable? Like, are there any mm. smaller fragments? Is that a terrible idea? I don't know about taking bones from where they are. That... I don't know. Especially if they're, yeah, that they're weird. Yeah, easy. Well, says you have a skull. That's different. That was, a, that was a weird... Somebody already took that skull from something. I just took it from them. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, these these bones aren't where they started out either. Granted, they not. were moved by waves, not beings, in theory. I personally wouldn't touch them, but, I mean, it's up to you. A question for Ben. Are there any of mm -hmm. smaller fragments of these if you take More the time unusual. to go down and hunt around, I'm I, I'm happy to let you find some. I will do that. You can find a, a kind of fist-sized chunk of reddish bone with black veins faintly visible on the inner surface. Um, it's got very jagged edges. It's kind of the smallest piece you can find. It looks like these these weird bones are fairly tough. Um, you also just see there's just a ton of stuff down here. Most of it looks like remains, but a lot okay. of it is just unfamiliar. I have a look at that. At the bone that I'm holding? Yeah, let me have a closer look. Yeah, totally. Um, can I try an arcana check? Please do. See if it's something I might recognize. Or at least recognize I don't know anything about it. Yeah, cool. yeah. Go ahead. Um, that brings, brings me to ten. You, you, can't, you don't recognise it enough to say from where, but mm. this definitely looks to you as if it is from outside, as if it is extra planar in origin. Cool. I, I kind of like, I kind of like look it over a bit, and I'm like, ah. I think this is the bones of an outsider. An outsider? I mean... Wait, how sorry, who said that? Uh, Moss did. Oh, hi. Uh, I mean, or rather, Ember did. Yeah. I mean, an outsider, like, 
and I kind of like gesture in a in a very unclear direction, you know, like an an outsider. So what I said earlier wasn't so ridiculous after all. Wait, what did you say? That it might be Godsbane's. Well, uh, I had said something about like there could be infinite possibilities and oh. the besides the planes and somehow this felt different. I mean, maybe? Or maybe it's just like some poor mermaid or something? Well, not mermaids, I guess. Undine. Hmm. Would anybody be actively upset at me if I took this back with us? No, I mean, it's up to you. No, No, I think... No, I just don't think it's a good idea, but... As far as I understand it, if you if you grab some bones, and they're not, like, from an actual proper grave, as long as you treat them with respect, that's technically a reliquary. And that's pretty okay, according to most gods. I don't know, an old priest. I will... Look... Uh, I will wrap it in my fancy clothes and put it in my pouch. Cool. And eventually I will make a special case for it, but for now, the fine clothes will do. You you wrap it in silk and satin and put it in your pouch. Will's going to take out the skull um, with the beads on it and everything that we found in the mm-hmm. cave, and kind of show it to Alusha and Ember, and did you see anything that matched this down there? I, I don't guess they'd be whole, but... Did I, Ben? No, everything you saw looked like it was... It didn't look like worked bone. This is, you know, real skull is very carefully carved and decorated. Everything that you saw just looked like it was straight oh. from... Oh no, I didn't mean like like the carved uh, part of it. I meant more like uh, did anything match the general shape? Or is it like a different um, colour? Or... Yeah, Ember, you would recognise that what Real is holding before it was carved was a sheep's skull. Oh. A ram's skull from a yeah. regular... Like that's what ram's skull looked like. Okay. Never mind. Real will put the, we'll put the skull back in his bag. As you're having this conversation, um, Alusha and Rill, as your ears are adjusting to the sound of the ocean on shingle and the break of the waves, you start hearing this deep, resonating ringing sound that is vibrating along the chains. And it's irregular, but it's irregular, but there is something it sounds like something heavy landing on a taut chain get away from the chain real is going to start just yanking people by their shoulders backwards towards the safety relative safety of the beach ouch 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 what's happening i don't know can't you hear that yeah we need to get out of we need to get as far away from the chains as possible and something does indeed come 
charging out of the horizon, running along one of the chains. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit, here we go. None of you have seen before. It has an armoured look to it. It has forelimbs with, with huge claws, not cutting claws, more like hooves. Slightly curved, three of them on each foot. Big, muscled limbs, a long, heavy body, a big, armoured skull looking out of you with little eyes through the heavy hide of its body. And it is just charging along one of the chains towards you. And next episode, we'll roll initiative. <laughs> Our listeners are called Craig collectively. That's all I'm saying. They are. <laughs> Whether they like it or not, our listeners are called Craig. <laughs>